now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do, so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. You're working with a professional here! This is the Rich Eisen Show. Michael Keaton here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. So which is your favorite ad-lib line? One that you're most proud of? When I walk over and kick the tree over and go, there was some joke. It might have been nice model, but then I threw in the F word. <laughs> you bunch of losers! Nice! Today's guests, NFL writer for The Ringer, Kevin Clark, Green Bay Packers offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, plus Emmy-winning actor, Bobby Cannavale. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of The Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We just had a nice chit-chat with John Schneider, the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks and the executive vice president, talking about... Him saying they have no walls. They have no walls in their facilities. They like to say that everybody's got an equal voice and everywhere everyone's got a voice in what's going on. And obviously the the final decision on roster building is his. And that is, as you know, the storyline of the offseason. And now that the playing season is here, we will see how it manifests itself in wins and losses with quarterbacks that have spent some time with their platform saying words that makes it seem like they are not having their way or it is not the way that Tom Brady has it in Tampa. I said it two weeks after the Super Bowl that the way that Brady has won and has been catered to by Tampa has messed with the entire process for the rest of the National Football League. Russell Wilson going on Dan Patrick's show saying he wanted more protection from his offensive line. Russell Wilson now happy back in the fold. Go Hawks, all that stuff. We will see what happens when the season begins. John Schneider basically said that he, Russell, was just in the moment, heat of the moment, and one of those guys who is just like the rest of them. They're always competing, trying to get better. Seattle at Atlanta, uh, pardon me, Seattle at Indianapolis, week one. Here we go. It's a nice Can't game. Can't wait. And that narrative will be underlying the entire Seahawks season. Same thing with Green Bay. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about once games hit, based on what we've just seen over the last couple of months. And somebody who just came off of his training camp tour, uh, writing for The Ringer. His stuff is always deep and fun and funny and also informative. Back here on The Rich Eyes and Show, Kevin Clark of The Ringer. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing great. I'm a little tired, but when it's all football, it's energized. You're unable, Kevin, to say to a 52-year-old family uh, man, <laughs> or father of three, who does a three-hour show every day, you may not say those words with a head of hair like you have. Okay, Kevin? <laughs> but I understand. Everybody's got their own beat that they've got a drum. I get it. Um, who have you? Who'd you speak to? You sp- seem like you spoke to every yeah. everybody uh, on yeah, your tour. It was great. I mean, I I think things are back to normal. People are excited about football, and they're excited to talk about football. So um, talk to most of the people that that I wanted to. Um, Joe Burrow most recently, Patrick Mahomes for that, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Josh Allen, and talk to them just about different things. You know, I I asked Josh Allen what the lessons were of his rise, and and if he's telling a GM or a coach in in five years what what he learned about quarterbacking, it'd be that. Um, You know, with Aaron, it's a little more pop culture TV stuff, but uh, I think the overarching theme is everybody's back and happy to be at it. Okay, so um, it was mostly just pop culture TV stuff with Aaron, not much football to talk about? No, I mean, we, we, we just talked about life stuff, and we talked about, you know, Simone Biles is obviously the headline at that point. And right. We, we talked a lot about um, he, he was extremely proud of Simone and, and her, her courage to say, I'm scared and I shouldn't be out there, is, is the way he put it. Um, and I think that Aaron is in a really good place. And I think, Rich, that the, 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 the good thing that they did is everything's out there now in Green Bay. Aaron said everything there is to say. Brian Gutenkun said everything there is to say. Matt LaFleur has made his feelings known to where now when Aaron talks to the media, it's almost like they're past it, Rich, because we know what we know what's going to happen. We know, you know, Aaron talked to Peter King the other day about this, but everybody's stance is known. And so it's almost like at this point, everybody's in a strangely good place. But what's the stance? You know what I'm saying, Kevin? Like, yeah. what's the stance? The stance has got to be, we'll take the temperature of everybody, yeah. you know, next February, and hopefully the temperature will be like 20 degrees on a parade. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, so that's that's the way you've got to play it. Like, there, you can't sit here and say, definitely Rodgers last year. It's it's Jordan loves time. Absolutely. Yeah. You, can't, you can't say that right now. I mean... In the same way that you can't say the, the 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 exact opposite that that if it all does go great, Rogers is absolutely staying, and they they won't stick to right. their time line with love. Like we just don't know. Let's just go play football. That's that's where we currently are in that world. Right? Would you say? Yeah. No. That that that's the stance is that they're going to take the temperature seven months from now, whatever it is, and they'll figure it out. I mean, I think if we're if we were all betting men, we would guess that this is going to be Aaron Rodgers last year. Um, he's made it known what he was unhappy about and, and the parts of, of the communication process that he felt was broken down. Um, and I think that if it's a bad year for everybody, Aaron's probably going to move on. If it's a good year, then we'll see. If it ends in the NFC Championship game again, I would trend towards Aaron not coming back. If it ends in the Super Bowl, I would trend towards him coming back. I mean, I just think that there's so many questions here. I mean, what's the market for Aaron Rodgers in February, in March? If he has a year like he had last year and he wins the MVP, yeah, there's going to be 20 bids. There's going to be first-round picks all over the place being thrown at the Packers. Um, What if he just has an okay year? I mean, there's question marks about that. What if his options aren't as good as we would think? You just don't know. I mean, that's the thing about the NFL is that the narrative can change so quickly, Rich, that I think to say we know what's going to happen on February 20th or March 15th 
it's crazy. I just think everybody knows where they stand from an emotional standpoint, and we'll see what happens. And then just, I guess, last one, based on you having boots on the ground there, and you know, I know you spoke life stuff with him. We, we used to have an annual standing interview with him solely about Game of Thrones. That was the, <laughs> that was honestly, we, we would call him up and the Packers yeah. up and say, we want 15 minutes with him. Nothing but Game of Thrones. We will not talk yep. football with him. So I totally understand that. But boots on the ground, what did happen? best you can tell to get this seven month grace period comfort zone where we'll all figure it out feel it out we'll take the temperature at the end of it that we thought during the from the draft all the way up to that moment that Rodgers returned thought that Rodgers would never grant that extra space to the Packers what happened to give Rodgers the comfort level to say yes to that best you can tell there's a couple of things you know I did talk to Brian Gutenkunst uh, uh, about that in the journey and what's interesting I think in generalities first of all they have a very good football team and they have Devontae Adams they have David Bakhtiari who I know is coming on after this yes and so I, I think that there's there's you're going to win in Green Bay where you might not win in wherever if, if David Tepper wanted to throw a bunch of first round picks in Carolina in Denver whatever you know what you have but also I would say that the NFL is very limiting for superstars I mean it, look at the franchise tag look at how long Aaron Rodgers contract was look at the fact that Brian Gutenkunt said that on draft night they only got one or two calls one of them being from San Francisco who are obviously out of that market and so I think it was a, a mixture of a he, they knew they could win this year. Everybody knew they could win this year and have kind of a last dance style thing with Devontae Adams. And the fact that I just don't think he had a ton of options. I mean, I, I, he had a bunch of years left. He has two years left in his contract. You can franchise tag a guy, what, three times um, in his situation. And so I, I just don't think there was a lot of wiggle room. And so I think he knew coming back, getting the promise to, quote, review his situation at the end of the year, that was about as well as he was going to get, as good as he was going to get without retiring. And I don't think he wanted to do that. He still loves football. Well, that's clear. And he loves his teammates. I mean, there's no yeah. – and he, he just, you know, you could see that. And um, Kevin Clark of The Ringer here on The Rich Eisen Show, the takeaway from your chat with Patrick Mahomes is yeah. what? So I wanted to know what Patrick Mahomes saw. He said that he had watched the Super Bowl twice, um, and not for motivation, but for education. So I said, what did you see? And he took a lot of the – he didn't take a lot of the blame, but he took – he saw flaws in his game. And I think a lot of people, Rich, a lot of quarterbacks, would look at that game and say, I was under pressure the whole game. There was nothing I could have done. And it was interesting for him to break down to me what he saw. He saw that he thought that he got hit so early and so often that he stopped making his reads. And then it kind of devolved from there. He said that there were clean pockets he would see where he started running and seeing ghosts, basically. Um, paraphrasing the ghost part, but he started running from clean pockets just because he'd been getting hit so early in the game and so hard in the game. And so what he's working on now, he's studying tape of Aaron Rodgers, he's studying tape of Tom Brady to see how they operate in the pocket because he wants to play uh, a more, I guess, disciplined is the way he put it, game, where he's going to stand in the pocket and dice you up where he, he only – uses his legs in a scrambling as a last resort. And I think that he feels, and it's something he admitted to, he feels that sometimes he defaults to using his legs and trying to make things happen when that should be the second or third option. And so he's trying to change his game. He said that Aaron Rodgers is a model because Aaron used to do exactly what he did, and then he started playing a lot more from the pocket. And so a lot of film study of, of Aaron, um, some film study of Tom Brady just because of what he does in the pocket, but – Mahomes is not trying to overhaul his game entirely, 
but there's tweaks he thinks he can that, that, that he can do to make himself better. And I think if you're in the AFC West right now, that's exactly what you don't want to read is that he's trying to uh, improve himself. That's a dangerous quarterback, man. <laughs> well, because but because hearing him say that he's watched that film, yeah, and, and he takes away what he didn't do right. And then the general manager in Brett Veach, who we've had on this program, said that he said the night of the Super Bowl, I've got to do with this offensive line. And boy, howdy, did he ever do that. Put it all together with the returning cast and Andy Reid and and Travis Kelsey with his drawn-on beard and everybody still (laughs) having the same attitude. That's a dangerous combination in the AFC. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, and and when you're there, you realize it. I mean – you see, Rich, you've been to a lot of NFL practices. You see an efficiency there where they just get their job done. There's never any training camp fights. There's not any motivational mumbo-jumbo where they're trying to build a culture or whatever. They're installing their plays, they're running it perfectly, and they're getting on with their day and getting on to meetings. And that's what I find so amazing about Andy Reid and how efficient and dangerous this team is. And I think Brett Beach going out, and there's not a lot. I think people think, that what Brett Veach did was easy. It's not. To go out and trade a first-round pick for Orlando Brown, um, to get Joe Tooney, to overhaul, to, to, to use the draft to get Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. I mean, I just think that there, there are not 32 general managers and 31 other general managers who would have fixed it, fixed it that quickly. And that's what I find so interesting. And I kind of feel like Brett Veach, Rich, is the perfect GM for Mahomes because if there's a problem over the next 10 years of that deal – He's going to fix it. That's what he does. He'll make anything fit under the salary cap with his cap guru, Brant Tillis. And, and I just think going forward, whenever you see a shortcoming on that Kansas City roster, it's going to be filled because of the combination of, of Veach and Andy Reid and, and, that, and that front office. And then the mistakes that Patrick Mahomes overcomes, um, whether or not it's with the line or the skill guys. I mean, obviously you can't have a repeat of what you had uh, against Tampa in Tampa. But as long as everything is just okay, Mahomes will make it great. Uh, Kevin Clark of the Ringer here on the Rich Eisen Show. So we just talked about the Chiefs, and everybody, I think, still believes the Bills are are the team that's closest still. Um, Allen has been paid. Did you speak to him after he had been paid or before he had been just paid? Just before. So, okay. so he didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't get to ask him for any money. All right. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, what, what else, what'd you glean from, yeah. from that trip? I, I'm totally comfortable. And again, almost like Mahomes, totally comfortable admitting where he needed to grow. I mean, I, he was very open and honest about his struggles early on in his career and what he did to get better from that. And I kind of think that is similar to the Kansas City. It's an organizational triumph because what they did when I don't think people realize this, when Josh Allen was a rookie, the Bills were, were, were using the most dead money, dead salary cap money in the history of football. They were paying all of these guys, Marcel Darius, Tyrod Taylor, all of these guys not to play. And so Josh Allen sitting there behind a terrible offensive line, no skill guys, they go out and they build the offensive line around him. They get him weapons the next year. They, 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 they take the big swing, and they get Stephon Diggs. And I kind of think this is the model going forward. And if you're, a, if you're a young quarterback, you want an organization to operate like the Bills. And Josh Allen was very, very upfront about that. And one of the things is I think that he views this season as very special. You know, he said, look, they built the line in year two for me. They got me the skill guys in year three. And he said, it's year four. It's go time. And I think we know what that means. And I kind of think last year, taking a leap, by the way, in the COVID year in general, 
is amazing because of the lack of, you know, I, I heard from a coach there who was saying that they were just trying to replicate, you know, in-person meetings. They've got these guys on speakerphone moving around rooms and stuff, but it just wasn't the same. And to take a leap like that from year two to year three was amazing to begin with. I think everyone there is much more comfortable now. They get a full training camp. They get to see each other. They get to gel, have that chemistry. So I think that everybody there is, is excited about this year maybe even more so than last year. Did you get to take a look at Cole Beasley's plexiglass situation, or is that, I did, did not, I mix that I one up? I did not see the plexiglass. I also, I was in Minnesota. I did not see the, the uh, Kirk Cousins plexiglass no? either. He wasn't but, walking uh, around with it? They weren't walking around he, with it? Cole he's not in a no- bubble. Okay. He's not in a bubble just yet, okay. um, but I'm sure I'm sure that's coming. Was Cole, was Cole talking about uh, not taking the vax with his nose sticking out over his mask? Did you, did you see that uh, one or what? Rich, I want to be delicate here, but I kept my distance. Uh-huh. I'm being indelicate. <laughs> I don't mean to pull you into my I decided, indelicateness. I'm I decided sorry. to. Uh, I decided to stay six feet away from Cole Beasley. So, uh, what you what you what you get what you figure out from Burrow? What what are we going to see from him? Yeah. What because the no one's talking about the Bengals zero point zero nobody zero point zero and it's unbelievable because this is a guy who 19 months ago had the best college season of all time. Uh, Efficiency-wise, he was maybe the coolest-looking quarterback of all time when he jumped on a cigar mm. after the national championship game. And I, I talked to him. First of all, he's a very blunt and honest person, and, and I, I was excited to, to hear about that. There were some dark times for him. He basically said, you know, he went from, as we said, national champion, hugely famous college quarterback, to nine months later he couldn't, go to the bathroom without somebody helping him and and moving his leg, basically. Um, And so there was some soul-searching that went on there. But I also think that there's – I think they know what he's good at. And so one of the interesting things that Brian Callahan, the OC there in Cincinnati, told me was, A, they're letting him run some of the meetings there, the offensive meetings, and they want him to get, ideally, and Callahan was a former Broncos assistant, they want him to get into Peyton Manning mode which means his vision is so good. Burrow's vision is so good, and he's able to get five guys out, out into a route and diagnose it. They want him to be able to get to the mode where he's at the line of scrimmage, basically changing all the plays up to where it's his offense. And with Burrow, that's the kind of, that's the kind of offense you can do because he's so good at processing. I say the drawback is Burrow told me he wants five guys out into a route, which is not necessarily normal in the NFL, but also he's trying to get healthy with. And so you want as much protection as possible. So there's a push and a pull there. And there's, I think, a little bit of wrestling with that and grappling with that where do we get all these guys out in the route so Burrow can be Burrow? Or do we keep some guys in to block because we don't want him to hit, uh, get hit at all? So I think that the answer is going to be get those guys into a route, but he's got to throw it very quickly. I think that Burrow still has the capability to show us this year he's on the superstar track because I don't think that team's good enough to win 9, 10, 11 games. Damn. I don't – <laughs> I don't think that, the, that, that that's, that's like necessarily going to happen. Right. But what I am saying is, is that we can see he's on that superstar track. They go 8-9, and nine, and we feel good about 2022. Well, I, I mean, think that there, there's still some team building, huge team building issues that not even Burrow can overcome. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, before he got hurt, he was getting his ass kicked, and he yeah. was still performing very well. I mean, he really was. And that was other than the fact that, you know, you blow your knee out. It's obviously a shame. But to have a season cut short when when he, he was taking the, the lumps, that, that's what we keep talking about. Should the Bears start Justin Fields or not? You know, and you, yes, you take your lumps and you go. Yeah. And you take your lumps and the lumps eventually 
allow you to progress faster, most yeah. likely, than the other. And he didn't have that. And that's the conversation we're going to hear about the Bears and Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, who says it's his time and like he's going to say anything else. <laughs> you know, but it's 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 right for him to say that because what are you going to say? I, Man, I mean, we could literally go on and on and on about all 32 right now. But um, you do a great job. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I could literally talk to you for the whole hour, but I know you got to go. <laughs> so uh, let's do this again. Is there, is there one other thing that you, you gleaned last thing, anything that you, you take away that you haven't given to the audience here, a good story, a good thing, somebody that we're overlooking. What do you, what do you got for me on that front? Wow. Kevin? I would say I have not written this yet, but I spent some time with Dan Campbell and I really enjoyed being in his presence. I think he's a perfect coach for that team. Do I think Dan Campbell would work with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers right now? No, I don't. But I do think he's the kind of guy that can change a culture and understands what motivates the sort of rank-and-file NFL player because he's been there. So I'm higher on Dan Campbell than most people, and I also think that one thing you need to know about Dan Campbell, he does not care how things play to the media. He cares how things play to his players and maybe the fans. Like the, bite, the, the biting kneecap stuff, that was just for the players and the fan base. That was not for you and I, Rich. And that, to me, was a really interesting conversation to have. I was going to ask you if you're being nice about Dan Campbell because you value your kneecaps. Literally, that was my follow-up to that, Kevin. Hey, I spent 45 minutes with him. My kneecaps are still intact. Fantastic. Okay, Ladies and gentlemen, that's the update. There you go. That's the headline. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much. Let's do this as much as you'd like because I, I, I enjoy the chats. Thank you. You take Anytime, care. Anytime, Rich. Thank you. you got to read this man's material. Kevin Clark on the ringer, uh, at the ringer. Uh, it's at by Kevin Clark on Twitter. Follow him. I do. You can read all his terrific material. Ten wins for the Bengals. That's got to be way. That's got to be. That's got to be the opposite of under. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bengals number from the from the desert rich six and a half. Damn, dude. A little high, a little high, a little high, a little, a little, a little higher high. register. Little you high. gotta go higher register to get to that. I like Joe Burrow. Well, that's a little high. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, um, it, I, not to not to go all Sesame Street on you here, mm. but numbers. Okay. The next segment is brought to you by numbers from the state of Ohio. One, I have not talked two, to you about three. my um, my Hall ex- my Hall of Fame experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's some numbers that will shock you on many fronts. Excited. Coming up next. Yeah. Don't miss it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
com. Are you struggling to close deals? Business-to-business selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's one billion member platform sales navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter right now you can try linkedin sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com direct that is linkedin.com direct for a 60-day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com direct and get started where did the nickname Showtime come from? Uh, it was my godfather, Troy Hawkins. Him and my dad, but really him. Every they would watch me play, and I would make the diving plays and stuff like that in baseball. And they said it, it, that I was always it was Showtime when I was on the field, and so they always used to call me Showtime, especially my godfather, Troy. Latroy Hawkins. That is a name I have not heard in a while. Yeah, but yeah. That's a Minnesota Twins connection with your dad, right? Yes, pretty yes, much. Sir. Right? He uh, he came up a little bit after my dad, and my dad kind of took him under his wing, I think. And then Latroy ended up having a great career where he played, I think, 21 years in the big leagues. I mean, he played forever, it seemed like. And uh, he, I've, I've stayed in touch with him forever. He still comes to a lot of my games, even now. And uh, he, he's been someone that uh, has been a great, another great mentor for me. Okay, Patrick. Um, look, I appreciate you calling in here greatly. And I appreciate the text exchange that I had with you the other day <laughs> where you were gentle in rejecting my suggestion to give you a new nickname of the patrol. I really appreciate that, Patrick. <laughs> it, was, it was a good idea. I, mean, I just kind of was playing down the nicknames as much as possible as I, uh, at that point. So it's okay, great. So you're saying, you're <laughs> saying. It works for you. No, 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 hold on a second. You, you're saying that it's not a judgment on the actual creativity of the nickname. It's just you attempting to be humble, tamping down any of the accolades right now because you're focused on winning is that what you're saying well yeah i mean just for me in general i mean it's it's all about the football it's all about the team and so i know that the nicknames are a cool thing to do with the social media and everything that's around right now but uh for me it's all about just being a, a teammate and someone that's just a part of this organization and a part of a team that wants to win so if you had an ego let's just let's just again let's put it in a box here you have an ego you don't care about being humble at all you're just you're just pounding your chest. Nickname of the Patrol. Do you like it? <laughs> be honest. Be honest. Uh, I don't know. I've had so, there's been so many nicknames that have came out lately, and uh, I'm just gonna kind of keep it at just Patrick right now. You're being polite. I like it. How <laughs> uh, you're being? Yeah. Thank you though. I appreciate it. That was fun with uh, Patrick Mo. Hey man, I tried, um, and I failed miserably once again. I'm gonna give up that ghost. <laughs> I'm gonna give up that ghost. Until and, someone else and named I will Pat just or say, Matt comes I will just along. say, I will just say to all the Pats and Mats of the world, I'm waiting for you. Show up, shine out, and see if you deserve it. <sighs> you guys love it when I flop on that stuff, or that you don't like it anymore because I keep trying it. Right? Which one is it? Well, I, I just want you to to give it up. It hasn't worked. It's been a decade, so let's just move on. <laughs> it has been a decade. <laughs> 
That's all. It has been a decade, hasn't it? Wonderful. Okay, back here on the Rich Eisen Show, everybody, on our radio as well as uh, streaming. Streaming TV, Peacock, PeacockTV.com to get us. Um, streaming, audio, Odyssey, uh, satellite radio, Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio, right after Dan Patrick's show every single day. Terrestrial Radio Network, check us out. Online, you can get us some Peacock Desktop. You can also follow us, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, at Rich Eisen Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The, the Rich, Rich Eisen, Eisen Show on TikTok. <laughs> you know. Because he screwed it up. Right. I mean, those are your words. Are we talking about TJ like he's not in the room and doesn't have a live <laughs> microphone in front of him? It's like I'm sitting right here. You are. It's not like you literally are sitting right no, there. No, you're right over there. We're addressing you. I can now. see you. At any rate. Hey, yeah. TJ. There's a 844 204 Rich is the number to dial. We'll take your phone calls in a second. Speaking of second, time. I will say this. I appeared on this show uh, via telephone, right, from Canton, Ohio. I called in from Canton, yeah. Ohio when Ben Lines was sitting in this Absolutely. chair. And I mentioned how all Pro Football Hall of Famers, when they were going to make their speeches the next day in Canton, Ohio, 12 of them on the Saturday, 7 of them on the Sunday, that the rule would be no longer than 8 minutes and they will – begin to play a music after about nine or ten. And I said, you know, David Baker probably has some bouncing history in his life. And he'd probably, he'd, <laughs> that was what we were talking about, that Baker would be the one to kind of come out and let everyone know. With a big hook. <laughs> like the Sandman. And um, you said, how's that going to work out? And I said, it won't. Yeah. I am here to offer my sincerest apologies and Every kudo I could possibly send to the people at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and all of the inductees making speeches, they got it done. Yep. They got it done. And I'll tell you what, they told everybody, keep it tight. And they gave their prepared remarks. And they delivered their prepared remarks to the hall beforehand. And everybody in the truck was able to follow along they got in my ear saying he's finishing up soon and whatever and every single time it was finishing up soon was like six seven eight minutes in wow i have the times here i had uh brandon mendoza of nfl network research get all the time on the saturday where all 12 guys spoke only one person was over 10 minutes long one only three speeches over nine minutes wow Paul Tagliabue spoke nine minutes and five seconds. Edron James spoke nine minutes and 55 seconds. And Bill Cowher spoke 10 minutes and 36 seconds. That's it. Oof. You can add those all up, and it doesn't even come close to the longest speech in the history of the Pro Football Hall of Fame that's been delivered. It's yeah, still, that's less than Ray still, and Brett Favre. It's still 11 minutes shy of how long Jeez. the longest speech in the history of the Pro Football Hall of Fame was, which was Tony Gonzalez which is 38 minutes and change. Wow. And I will say this. I didn't miss it. I didn't miss those 30 40 minute long speeches at all. No. <laughs> you still no. you still got you still got the gist. The gist being the journey. That's what we all want to hear. Right, we want to hear about right. the journey and we want about hear about the relationships that mean a lot. 
we want obviously the family to get their shout outs and we want the good stuff. We want the good lines like Edger and James saying that everybody thought based on his looks, essentially that he was going to be in prison or came from prison. Mm -hmm. And he said that he's now inmate number 336 in, in, uh, in Canton Correctional Facility. And then said that I came into the league, I started with gold teeth, and I'm leaving with this gold jacket. Yeah, One of the greatest amazing. lines. Amazing. It's up there with do the busts talk with each other. I'm yeah. wondering about with John Madden. It truly is one of the greatest lines in the history of a pro football Hall of Fame speech from Edron James. One of the great busts. And his bust time. is amazing. And his bust yeah. was amazing. It was one of the great hair club yeah. For, for Pro Football Hall of Fame men ever, with Paul Amala, you needed to see the back of it. The back of his bust is incredible as well, yeah. Edron James's. And then on Sunday, when you thought, okay, a bunch of these guys are, it's only seven of them, so they'll just say, screw it, and go back to the usual 25, 30 minutes long speeches. Um, Drew Pearson had 11 minutes and 16 seconds. Tom Flores, 11 minutes and 38 seconds. And the only other one over 10 minutes was Calvin Johnson of 10 minutes and 34 seconds. That's it. And Pearson and Flores together both waited, if you clock it all in together, close to almost 80 years they waited. So what? 11 minutes were good. I mean, yeah, I, 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 honestly, I understand. It's like, what do you care? Well, it's again, it's it's not just about the viewing. Obviously, I look at things in terms of a television show because I'm, I'm, I'm a host of it. And I want it to be watchable and rewatchable and to come back and people to enjoy it. And that's, you know, for me, but, and there is an I in Rich and Eisen, but it is also watching my buddy Kurt Warner speak to an yeah. empty stadium because it was so damn late at night. Eleven thirty at night, and and it just it just it's not fair to also the returning Hall of Famers. They don't want to come back. They don't want to sit through that. They just don't. Even with the bar that Jim Kelly mandated that they create <laughs> off stage, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if you are taking a few pops and having a good time sitting back there, sometimes it's like 85 degrees out. It's hot. Yeah. And during Atwater speech, it looked like it was about to pour. We had members of the NFL community who were there to watch Tagliaboo show up on our set to uh, get some shelter. And, you know, it could be a long night of heat and rain and what have you. So moving it along is important. And it still felt as fun and as memorable as ever. And the kudos I want to give to the Pro Football Hall of Fame is I was told it was they were in the back. There was a setup behind the scenes backstage of a clock that they would start the minute the first word came out. And they would stop during long pauses of applause, like the one, say, that Paul Amalo, like it went on for a full minute from all the Steeler fans that were waving their terrible towels. It's, it sounded and looked like Heinz Field at one point. They stopped it for long periods of applause, so they weren't going to penalize the guy. But on the left was the time elapsed, and on the right was time till you got to the eight-minute mark. They were do this was this was serious. And could the guys see it while they were speaking? I was told they could see how much time was left. Oh. They would look down and see exactly how much time was left. And in terms of the presentation at the hall for this as well, Peyton Manning's speech, I've never seen anything like it. 
because it wasn't a speech, it was a presentation. Manning clearly, this is what this is no surprise if you yeah, know Peyton Manning or anything about this, is that he had to have provided to the hall, if I had to guess, it had to be a hundred photographs. Anywhere between 70 and 100 photographs with a photograph assigned to each line of his speech. That would be, to use the TV term, hot changed behind him on the screen for the audience in the stadium to see. When he talked about Cupper, his brother, there was a picture of him. When he talked about that teammate, there was a picture of that guy. When he talked about his time in Tennessee, there was a picture of that. Like It was a whole to-do that had to have required multiple run-throughs. Right, 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 right. Certainly because Peyton Manning wanted to also adhere to the rule of the time and the speech, which is why he joked about, thanks to all the guys who have come before him that for their long speeches, he's now got to jam his entire life into just 10 minutes' time. He's joked his, his first line was like, I think Ray Lewis just finished up. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he... He read at a breakneck clip. Like that speech, if it was normally like delivering it, speaking, looking, applause line, Uh, taking your time, it could have been like 15 minutes long. He went and moved along. Like the photograph we're seeing right here up on the screen where he's holding up his Manning 18, Pat Bolin and John Elway. I I, I guarantee you that's the minute he said, and then I showed up and then I went to Denver. Boom, that photograph. He mentioned Bolin and Elway. Boom. He probably chose the photograph made sure the Hall of Fame knew when to put it up in his speech, had to have been multiple, I mean, like multiple run His speech had to have been annotated, like, number one, two, three, four, and then boom, boom, and boom. And he, everyone's like, how did Peyton Manning not finish up last? How is he not last, right? He didn't want it. He did not want it. He did not want to go last. I don't know why he did not want to go last, he did not want it. And if anybody is wondering if I'm accurate or not, I don't know why you would because I'm my boots are on the ground there. But he is maybe, with the exception of the guy who was party, part of his crew there <laughs> and Tom Brady, has to be the one guy in that entire place if you put everyone at the Hall of Fame on sodium pentothal, the one guy they would want to come back every single year in his gold jacket and be part of the ceremony oh, yeah. every year to help make it that much more special each year than any other person, it's Peyton Manning. They want So whatever you want, Peyton, you got it. You want to go where this? You want... 90 million photographs to be perfectly put up on the screen right, right, right. to make your speech a presentation the way you want it done. What else do you need? What else do you want? What do you got? Yeah. And so he wanted to go third. The two gentlemen who had been waiting the longest mm-hmm. go first. And of all the folks who had just gotten in on their year of, if you will, years of regular eligibility, he wanted to be first up. And I think it's just because he didn't want to wait. And also he's so intense about this stuff. He wanted it over. Get it done. Yeah, and exactly. you could see, like, prior to his yeah. speech, he was locked in. And when it was done, it hey, was like, hey, he had just got married. Hey. hey, like, the wedding's, the wedding's <laughs> over. Right, right, We're good. Right, now right. the drinking starts. <laughs> right, like, right, he was, right. like, you could see that happen. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as it was over. Yeah. I could see Brady being the same way. Maybe so. I don't know. Just 
First up, boom, Different get it guys. done. Get it done. He wanted to be first yeah. and get it done. Over. And now he was able to sit back, enjoy the speeches, go to yeah. his party, yeah. you know, which I went to as well. Oh. And it was terrific. Man. That you know, I went great. to Charles's and his. Woodson fun. and then and then Peyton. And they were all going back and forth. Like people were going, Peyton were about to go to Charles's. Charles's right, were right, they were right. about to go to Peyton's. Oh, awesome. They were going back and forth. God, I can't believe we missed that, TJ. <laughs> right. It was truly a remarkable weekend. And the hall, I'm telling you, it's gotta be this way from now on. I did not miss the 35, 40 minute long speeches. Uh, I know you couldn't see the broadcast. And, Maybe you had a monitor or something, but they had a scroll on the bottom of like individual names. Each guy would like to thank, and it was, you know, family members, past teammates, high school coaches. Yeah, all that, that I did stuff. not see. And in, yeah. just in terms of, you know, uh, Charles Woodson, how, you know, I'm kind of partial to him. Of course, I need you to indulge me for a moment. <laughs> it's right, <laughs> yeah. right. Where it's what I told him. I got to indulge me. This this moment for me, Charles Woodson. His speech, spectacular. Mm. Just a beautiful speech talking about his family and his teammates and his journey and how remarkable and spectacular it was. He had no prepared remarks. He provided six bullet points to the hall. Really? That's it. And I thought to myself, "Uh uh-oh, he's last, too. Like, oh. he's last. So it could be like, well, yeah, just, 20 minutes long. How do you yeah, like right. me? What are you going to do now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he was last. <laughs> exactly. It was over. There wasn't another person going. He was the last. Right, he was right, 19 right. of 19 on the weekend. Six bullet points. And I thought to myself, uh-oh. Because especially he started singing to his mom, who <laughs> yeah. was his presenter. presenter. And as a story he told here on this show, in this chair to my right, once walked out on Michigan was ready to go transfer to Miami. And I told that story to Irv on the air. He'd never heard that one before, just to see the look on Michael Irvin's face that Woodson could have gone to the U. (laughs) But the person who stopped him from going was his mother. You could check it out, that story on our YouTube feed. So it's a beautiful thing that his mother was his presenter. And then his mom stopped by our set afterwards. We retold that story on NFL Network. It was perfect. A perfect, perfect night for Charles Woodson. Six bullet points, I thought, uh uh-oh. His speech was nine minutes and 58 seconds long. Nailed it. Stand up. Two seconds shy of the 10-minute mark. Beautiful. Do it again. And Isaac Bruce also, someone moved his iPad. Oh, yes. So he didn't have his speech. And his speech, too. His speech, too. One of the greatest lines ever. How do you like me now? Like the guy who would never high-step Never hold it up, never call out an opponent, never chest pound. As a wide receiver in an era of wide receivers that are divas, never once talked about himself, even though there's an I in Isaac. And now it was like it was all built up. How do you like me now? The person who told him he wouldn't make it, and he said he prayed that God would keep them alive. Unbelievable. So the the only thing more shocking about the speech is – then Isaac Bruce quoting uh, Kumo D was Paul Tagliabue quoting Edron James in his speech. That was the one thing that uh, <laughs> leaned over to an NFL executive right then and there who was right there on the set. I'm like, if uh, DraftKings had some uh, line on this sort of thing, 
Tagliabu. I made a mentioning Edge in the speech. Like plus you could retire on your own island right now. <laughs> plus 4,000. Let's take a break here. There is one number from the Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend I have yet to mention. And it's a big one. It's one you're not expecting. You are not expecting it. Wait till you hear this story. It will be worth the wait. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. Is this the the best skill that you have, David? Is shotgun and beers that we saw last night? Maybe. I mean, I, I hadn't tapped into that type of talent since college. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colorado is that is that what you're like? You you haven't really been able to show off these skills since college, is what you're saying? It's just never been a necessity to use that talent until mm-hmm. about a couple of weeks ago um, at the Bucks game. Other than that, I was just a humble college student on the hill <laughs> all right and then it gets to it did did you know that you were gonna do this and then throw it over to aaron Rodgers? walk me through what happened last night david i mean it, that starts weeks ago it, it originally it started um uh we got dinner before the game i'm like hey i think i'm gonna chug a beer um when the camera comes to me because uh, I know a couple guys that are affiliates with the Bucks, they're like, yeah, we want to push you on the screen. I'm like, all right. So I did the first one. I had a lot of fun. I'm like, Aaron's like, you won't do two. I'm like, I'll do two. I did two. I'm like, you have to do one with me now. And then he's like, all right, if you do three, I'll do one. And I'm not one to back down from a challenge. So last night I went for the uh, three feet. <laughs> and then you, th- so Aaron knew that he was going to have to do this or he didn't think you were, you would challenge him. Uh, I'm trying to cut around the edges here. Cause as we all know, 12 <laughs> is getting a little bit of heat today nationally. <laughs> well, I, I do know he's definitely more of a Scotch guy. Um, but he, I told him, I said, Hey, I'll do three. If you do one and maybe he didn't think I was going to do three. So <laughs> When I when I hit the when I hit two of them and I sent it over to him knowing that I'm gonna have a third one on deck, mm-hmm. I think he he's like, all right, I guess this is going down. 
<laughs> last second plunge. Yeah. And then, um, geez, he just, he just couldn't finish, David. There was just no fin. There was no burst. You know what I mean? There was no burst. Lack of burst. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not going to speak on his behalf, <laughs> but, uh, I will say that, uh, at least on my end, uh, they were smooth, they were cold, and they did taste well for the amount of time that I was able to uh, taste them. I told you Brockman he was going to protect Aaron Rodgers coming on this show. That's your default, right, David? You will protect Aaron Rodgers every single day, every single situation that you could possibly be in in that position. Correct, David? I mean, right? I mean it's, it's my job. It's kind of uh, yes. become second nature at this point. So, I, I mean, that's my guy. That's my quarterback. That's my guy. I mean, I'll be on his beer chugging team. I'll help him out. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We just showed uh, David Bakhtiari's last appearance on the show a couple years ago. We had him on when he was shotgunning beers um, uh, across from Aaron Rodgers, who had trouble doing that um, at a Bucks game. Now the Bucks are champions, and nobody cares what Aaron Rodgers is drinking, except uh, <laughs> if it's on a draft night. You know, so at any rate, um, where, where are you taking Rodgers in fantasy? Because last year there was a lot of unknown with him and he slipped way again, down. I am the, not taking any quarterbacks in the first three rounds of fantasy. I don't care what their names are, Mahomes or what have you. I've learned my lesson. I have learned my lesson. So we'll talk more fantasy next week. I'm going to really start diving into that world. Yeah. I think, just thinking about that. I think Fabs is championing the bit to give us a, a, a belt. Like there's a championship belt from a couple of years ago with the um, Allison Chains. Oh, really? League. Yeah, it's like actual, an actual now belt, championship belt for us to display here. In our oh, studio. that's cool. Yeah. Um, where's Brian from on our phone? Uh, right? Chicago. Brian right? in Chicago, you're on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Brian? Rich, how are you? I'm well. What's going on? What's on your mind, sir? I have to tell you, you guys just have a fantastic show. Between you Thanks, and Dan, it, it just makes the days go by quick. I appreciate so that. It means a lot that you, uh, you you mentioned Dan before us, too, right here on Peacock, right <laughs> here on Sirius XM, too. It's all good. Love it. So uh, three three gentlemen, what do they all have in common? Of course, they're all quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman. Yes. Drew Bledsoe. Joe Theismann. Mm. Trying to see. All right, they all left the NFL. Well, I was about to say, to. who has never been in my kitchen? Is where I was going to go on that one. But, <laughs> well you know, what else? What do you got? No, they, so they had to leave the NFL due to injury. And they were, at, at the time, all playing quite well. Okay. And so my point in saying this is that if I was a GM, I would have the number two quarterback is maybe like definitely in my top ten when it came to positions. Because there's just too many people in an organization that are relying on that backup quarterback to take the reins is somebody, you know, if, if the guy ahead of him gets hurt. No, I, so, the, so what I'm trying to say is yep. that so much of this discussion has been about like Aaron Rodgers not being happy about Jordan Love. I think obviously the issue has been communication, but in terms of the general strategy, if I was an owner and my GM wasn't picking a guy that could take us into the playoffs and maybe even win the Super Bowl, I would. You know, no, I, I, and I agree with you, Brian. The issue is the the difference is though is you, you you need to have somebody that can do that for you in the year in which you you have him on the roster, not to have him there under a construct that will cause cause you to ditch your 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 longtime starter because you gotta see what you have in this person to maybe have long term tenure. 
I mean, that, that's, the conun- that's the difference between having a Nick Foles for a Carson Wentz or having a Jordan Love for, for an Aaron Rodgers. Having somebody viable who can take you still to the promised land if disaster strikes, and I appreciate the call, the disaster strikes to your quarterback. Uh, I, I'm with you. I would definitely yeah. you know, make sure that that person can do it. It's like insurance. Do you need it? Do you not? That position's so valuable. So, you know. So, uh, here's another story from the Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend that I haven't told you guys. I've been sitting on this with you guys. I haven't mentioned it. Because we just did a whole segment about numbers being the time of the speeches and how they were shorter this year. But I still think just as memorable and terrific. So, the party scene, you know, I didn't really get into it all that much, to be honest with you. Because I just was coming off of COVID. And I really wasn't into the idea of socializing very much, to be very... Very honest with you. I didn't want to be one of those guys. I was already one of the, you know, breakthrough cases. I didn't want to be one of those first, God forbid, that suddenly, oh, yeah, you can you can get it right away again with this Delta variant. So I didn't go out very much. But I did, on occasion, I did go to one dinner and two parties. Okay? And the one dinner and two parties were just stuff that I just wanted to go to and also felt obligated to go to and 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 I wanted to be there. Charles Woodson invited me to his party. How do you, you know, come on. Yeah. Right? How do you say no? And Peyton Manning invited me to his party. How do you got to do it? Got to right? do it. So I did it. And the question is is how did I do it? For the first time <laughs> I know I know where this is going. For the first time <laughs> in well over a year I got into an Uber. <laughs> Now, you guys all know, as you're laughing, that this is a very, very sensitive subject matter for me. 454? Because for some reason, for some reason, even though I am as normal and outgoing and kind and courteous as anybody you will ever meet to sit in an Uber... I have been besieged, cursed by somebody who gave me a rating that will not allow my rating to peak above 454. Shout out. Okay, and when we were on a YouTube-only show last two springs ago, the people who called into the show and also commented that weren't Russian bots... um, wanted a nickname for themselves. They called themselves the 454s because y'all loved the fact that I had the worst Uber rating of anybody. I mean, it's just really terrible. So with that in mind, Uh I couldn't have been nicer. (laughs) I couldn't have been more outgoing. Okay. Certainly since I love the people of Stark County, Ohio, they're always great. Oh, they're great. To me. Absolutely. And they roll out the red carpet to everyone at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. (laughs) Indeed. I had three rides. Three. Three rides. Okay. After the third ride, next morning, you bet the first thing I did when I woke up was check on my rating. Went through that app. Put it on the screen, Mike Hoskins. Four, five, five. Four, five, five. Four, five, five. Wow, that's so funny. Taken my uh, reputation back one one hundred at a time. At this point, by twenty twenty six, you might be up to like a. Four, I'm reclaiming a four, my six. reputation <laughs> one ride one oh one hundredth of a rating point at a time. That is hilarious. 
hilarious. Four five five. Four five five. So, hashtag suck on that. <laughs> yes. Put it yes. on the board. Put it on the board. Yes. Yes. This just in. Yes, sir. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you, Canton. That's awesome. Thank you. Did you go to Home Goods while you were there? Bobby Cannavale, hour three coming up. Brockman, did uh, Rich take uh, Uber to Home Goods yes. while he was there? Newsflash. <laughs> what does that mean? What's that in reference to? You don't That's remember? you uh, walking through the parking lot. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So you guys love that. Couple years a couple ago, years we ago. couple years ago we were in Canton and uh, we were at a bar. So we, Brockman and I, we were. Our hotel was like half an hour away, but we were going to give Rich a ride to his hotel, which was by the bar. And Rich decided to walk it was right across the parking yeah, right the parking lot. The but it was a long, you know, long. It was a long. It's a lengthy parking lot. It's a large strip mall. Very large strip mall. So we're we're creeping up behind Rich. He may have had a drink or two. And I was walking home. He was walking home through a parking lot (laughs) empty. And we pull up the car next to him. And Rich just turns over and looks at us. And he just so happened to be standing in front of a home goods. And he goes, not sure if you're aware. They sell home goods here. And he just kept walking and Brockman and I and laughed for like three years out. after that. pretty funny. <laughs> pretty good. Got you had to be there. Had to be there. Or I'll post it. I still have the video. It, it, is that a play? Is that like a chain home goods? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yes, yes. Yeah. They're in the, They're everywhere. Uh, Marshalls. There's PJ no Max away world. goods there, right? Nothing for the away. <laughs> like you cannot get anything for a trip. You can't get anything there that's like a suitcase. It's all goods or home, or right? Home. Or home, yeah, home goods. Is there an away section like there? Uh, I don't know. If is, they, there, is there a sister no. store called Away Goods? Nope. Their sister stores are like the Marshalls, TJ Maxx. I didn't know you, that. Where you can get Never the, heard of it before. The travel stuff, yeah. Home goods. Home goods. <laughs> home goods is low-key awesome. They got stuff for your pets. They have outdoors. They have some furniture. You can get some artwork. Uh, discounted sheets for okay. your bed. Didn't know. Great. Awesome. Are you wanting some sort of uh, a, a now? Are you looking for a home goods card? Oh, I would. A uh, home goods black card? Sign me up. Okay. Let's do it. I think my better half would See, the greatly way that, appreciate Because the way this is working, we now, if I'm not mistaken, have been told that Nick Chubb's new cereal is coming our way. Nick Chubb's cereal Because is we talked our way. about it on this show. Yeah. And posted it, requesting some, and they're sending they're us. They're sending it. They're sending us the whole lot. Josh Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, they do, DeAndre Hopkins They do is everybody. Cereal? They're going to throw in some throwback Flutie Flakes. We're getting all of them. Uh, I mean, like, you, you got to check the, well, I think the be date just, on that. It'll be just for display, the, okay. the, the Flutie Flakes. You know, I did once eat a, a piece of mailed pizza to myself. <laughs> right. Back in college. That's a good Somebody point. mailed me a, a slice, snail mailed me a slice of pizza, which I then heated I up mean, and ate. I mean, they're flakes. I'm ate sure it. they're fine. All right. Coming up. Hour three. <laughs> 